debunking crypto myths. I'm delighted to be joined today on the Elevate podcast with uh, Sam, uh, who is our host. He is our facilitator of our Navigating Digital Assets course. Now, I'll tell you two things about why we're having this conversation. Well, there's several things, uh, but I would like to introduce you how I came to contact with Sam, how I, how I, how I came to know him, and a little bit about why we're hosting this specific conversation now. So I had the pleasure of being invited to one of Sam's physical events by one of our long-term supporters, uh, uh, Deborah Holden. And it was such a fascinating evening. Uh, I traveled down to the south of England to, to join Sam in his event. And we had this three-hour deep dive into the financial reset, the, the, the benefits of crypto, debunking the myths between digital assets, blockchain, how, how, do we, how do we navigate this emerging world? And what are the opportunities? What are the risks? What are the, what's the good, the bad, and the ugly, really, of what uh, this has to offer? But what I love the most about the way that Sam presented this is, is in a world where people tend to go to binaries, Sam did the very opposite. He's, he's, he said, this is what we know, this is what we don't know. And he, he had this very pragmatic way uh, of sharing uh, uh, the landscape of, of which he had invested you know, years of his life uh, researching and, and, and navigating. So I was so impressed by the conversation that we first invited Sam to be a guest on our Elevate Network as a, as a uh, to join us for one of our events where we had a three hour deep dive on the financial reset, Sam, which was an amazing event. Um, but then the feedback was so good. It was, our, it was literally our most attended event that we'd had yet this year. Uh, so it was so the feedback was so positive that we decided to work together and, and launch our first course, the Navigating Digital Asset course, which brings me to the reason why we're having this specific conversation today. Because when we first launched that course, we had a lot of positive feedback, but we also had some um, criticism, we'll say, to put it lightly. We had some bites. And uh, <laughs> I had some pushback, and uh, and, and I, I welcome all feedback. You know, we're not here to try and please everyone, but a lot of that uh, critique, if you will, was perhaps from a position of um, not really knowing what we were what we were covering in the course and what it was all about and why it's important. And what it illustrated to me was some of the myths and some of the. Um, uh, misinformation, if you will, even uh, around crypto and the digital finance, that I thought it'd be really good for us to have a conversation here today and, and share what some of those myths are. So, Sam, I'll finally say uh, hello to you and Thanks, welcome Dan. to the podcast. I just wanted to give a better preamble to why we're here today. I think it's so important. No, it's perfect. And it's, yeah, it's, it's great to be back. It's always, always enjoy um, being on the Elevate platform and, and having chats with you. We've got some great chats on camera, off camera. Today, we're doing a bit of both. Um, and I'm really glad you start with binaries, Dan because that's really been my, not my bugbear, but something I've seen for so long and how problematic they are, you know, and they get pushed in the mainstream. They also get pushed hugely in the alternative, what we call the alternative media. And they're not helpful because really they're dividing people and they're not based on education and knowledge and awareness. And like you said, you get, if you just look at crypto briefly, you can get very simple binary, which happens a lot. Crypto good, crypto bad, you know, are you for or against? I'm neither pro nor against crypto crypto just is i like to understand it know what it is and as i've always said when you understand and know what things are you're then empowered to take good decisions that resonate with you you know that are sovereign that come from you not because somebody else has told you it's good or bad but when you can understand something then it's you that decision it's not the group it's not even the group thinking of there's a good there's a bunch of awake people have told me this 
you need to understand it and that's what i'm really passionate about in anything i speak about is that it comes out of you you know yes i like to be a facilitator so I, I think or i've been told by people have a gift for getting across quite complex things in an accessible manner you know and finance and crypto is one of those subjects that really is confusing for people and hopefully i bridge the gaps a lot of techie kind of uh, people have been a long time can't speak to a lay audience whereas i feel that you know i'm getting the feedback that i can so it's really important to understand stuff and then you can decide you know um for yourself and you're then, it, then you're not following anybody and it's really sovereign so again the binary is super problematic um work out what something is and then go from there you know and then you can't be manipulated by you know either side of the argument getting too emotional either way and and you've just got solid footing and it's all about having a solid footing having a building block and then you can do great stuff Brilliant. So, Sam, we've both referenced this idea of binaries. Could you uh, elaborate a little bit more on what you mean by that in this context? Well, in this context, you're often you get this binary of, you know, because of the which we'll discuss the incoming, you know, central bank digital currency, the real shift to sort of digital surveillance. What gets lumped in is that anything digital is evil. Mm. OK, therefore, again, whether it's crypto, whatever, digital, you know, bad, non-digital, great. You know, and I know you discussed it in one of your recent things of, you know, if you, I've got no issue with somebody not being a fan of digital stuff. You know, I'm not a particular fan of digital stuff. I just understand what it is and what it isn't. And if you really want to be a purist and go there, then absolutely I support that and go and live that. But it's the old idea of people saying, you know, we, we must eschew all technology. It's all evil. Whereas really it's a neutral tool. You know, I always compare, like, talk about the internet. How, many, how, how much great stuff done on the internet? It can be used in whichever way. So the tech for me is, is neutral and can be used for, and I like your line because that's the one I use, you know, good, bad and ugly purposes, right? It is not the tech itself that's doing that. So again, it, and it often it's it's either bad actors who are pushing a certain line for a reason to divide or equally people are just unaware. There are a lot of really good people out there who just, and I don't think it's very helpful to throw around these kind of binaries saying anything to do with crypto is about centralization, digital enslavement, it's bad. When they haven't understood what it is, you know, I've got no issue. If, if I've, got, I've absolutely got no issue with someone saying it's not for me, and I'm not a fan of it. I'm, I'm neutral. I'm not saying I'm not trying to here to convince anybody to get in and get out. But when you understand what it is, you wouldn't be saying that. And often, as we, I think, I'm sure we'll touch on, some people have done some quite funny things and said things, really slating stuff that they they are unaware they're using themselves and benefiting <laughs> yes. from. And I'm sure yes. we'll touch on that because because <laughs> when, whenever I've had, you know, and I don't get much kickback in my in my talks um, when I do them in person, because most people, if you if you come to a talk, you're open curious and you, and you hear all the signs I'm giving them. It's often when I advertise a talk, somebody will come in and just say on a group, you know, this is just about digital slavery, it's evil. Often my issue is come to, like you should come to that talk, come mm. and discuss. You'll firstly, you'll realize that I'm not pushing it. I'm not promoting it. You'll understand all the different nuances to it. And we'll have a great discussion. And I'm, and I'm, I'm actually respect you wanting to leave and say, oh, crypto's not for me. Because sometimes I get people come to my talk, they then are clear to then go, I know what it is, and I still don't need to get involved with it. Brilliant. That's empowering itself. So, again, education on all these topics down is, is so important, like it is with everything. Because when we don't understand, we're lost, don't we? We yeah, don't so know where we that, are. That's the important thing is, is, is gaining that awareness because – what, what I've observed, and we hosted a webinar on this uh, last week, and we're doing a repeat uh, version this week, actually, called uh, How to Thrive in Uncertainty. Yeah. What we've 
what I've, ex what I've observed is when there is what they call FUD in yeah. the world, fear, uncertainty, and doubt, yeah. it drives us to extremes or it can drive us to extremes. Yeah. To, to touch on your point, I actually made this point explicitly within the webinar is what, what that leads to is these, yes, binaries, but not only binaries, usually binary extremes. So we go, yeah. uh, right now people are talk, either going down the kind of technophile route, which means yeah. that they think that technology is the solution to everything. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. we're, we're, we're seeing this underpinned within the, the kind of culture, we're seeing it within the kind of transhumanist movement, you know, this, this idea that technology can save us. Yeah. On, on the flip side, you have this almost paleothile uh, approach, which is, we want to completely unplug from technology, disconnect from digital and go back to kind of living off the land. And th there are people who live at both of those extremes and have, have, have strong beliefs that those are the ways forward. But for most of us, there's something in the, in between. And, you know, there's a lot of people in our community who would like to have a, a, more of a life outside of digital. But the reality is when, when we're discussing it, we're usually discussing it on the digital platforms. We don't have many that have actually completely unplugged, but they may have a desire to, to live a less of a digital life. But my point is really rather than the nuances of that discussion is that w when we're in these environments of fear and uncertainty, we get driven to these extremes. And unfortunately, those extreme perspectives can often be louder than the kind of nuance and the, uh, totally. and the complex, totally. complexity of yeah. everything in between. Yeah, they have more effect. They've got more power because they're more exciting either side and they're more, there's more energy to them. Whereas, you know, the real nuance takes, it, it takes more work. So of course the, the easy option is to say, oh, it's, I'm, I'm anti this. I don't really, I'm not gonna spend a lot of time understanding it, going to talks, thinking about it. It takes energy. It's like the real sovereignty takes a lot of effort. It's much easier to grab onto some viewpoint that you, you think you like, you don't really know. And rather than spend that time, really learn and then go from there. And I'm totally with that. And I, I've always said this, you know, I'd love to be living in the tropics and, and, and trading mangoes. You know, part of my involvement is, is to get more towards that area. So it's not me. I'm absolutely not one of these digital guys that loves tech, but I like to see, understand the role it's playing. And that's why, I mean, we used it in the title of the course, but for me, navigating is such an important word, whether it's crypto or finance or almost everything in our journey from now on, how can we navigate through what's coming so that we can thrive? And there are ways, but it takes work and it takes, you know, navigation, which means moving, you know? And shifting, shifting as you learn more. And I'm ready to adapt and be agile and change my mind anytime. So not being, again, getting stuck in a binary doesn't really leave you open to that journey, you know? Yeah, you get caught. And you, and you, totally, and you learn. You learn from getting involved and then pulling back and seeing what works for you. And which is why I always say, you know, whatever you're going to do, whether it's in, in crypto or in finance, you've got to do what resonates with you. That's what will work best. So even if, even if you know, crypto, you understand it's, it still doesn't speak to you and you're like, I don't really want it, I think, then it's not, absolutely doesn't resonate with you. But there will be other things you can navigate to that resonate with you. So, but finding out is gonna help you. So always like getting more data points. The more you can learn, the more, you know, I was like Tony Robbins, I don't like all this stuff, but he was great at saying, you know, the successful people are people who, they don't take better decisions, they take more decisions. And that does two things. It makes you, it, it, it builds the muscle of taking decisions. And it also by taking more, you, you learn more. You know, rather than paralyzed and taking none or being stuck. So yeah, the, and the other thing the binaries do on the bigger brain down, I've said it a lot, is they they can paralyze at both ends of the spectrum. So if if we if even we leave up the sides of crypto and finance, look at the last two years where you get the extreme hopium side and the extreme fear porn side, both of which can lead to action. You know, on the extreme hopium side is 
you know, Matt Hancock, Hancock's going to be arrested. You know, it's all, it's all going to come down next week. And on the Fearborn side, we're all going to be rounded up in, in FEMA camps by the end of the week. You know, neither are true. And what, but they both can lead to inaction, which is one side being, well, it's going to be sorted. You know, good things are happening. We're on the brink of, um, you know, Nuremberg 2.0, whatever, you know, Rhino Formix kind of, kind of line of thinking. Or we're absolutely, you know, we're absolutely screwed and nothing we can do. Whereas neither for me are true. And they were never going to be true. And where can we find the third way, which is we've got to be aware of all these things, but we can take action and yeah, move so I think forward. Yeah. Those, you know, those two binaries, those two polarities, uh, in many ways, they are the things that disempower us. And totally. The, 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 the problem and the solution is always outside of ourselves. Uh, and I think yeah, yeah, exactly. what, as we've worked together, what I've, what, I've, what I've learned is that whilst the subject matter and the vehicle might be digital assets and crypto, underpinning all of it, what you're really sharing is sovereignty. And, totally. And how, which is know, why taking I like that to, responsibility back. Totally, which is why I like speaking. And I, you know, I, I said it's an organic journey. I never planned to speak about finance and, um, and crypto. I planned to speak about raw food inducing when I, you know, when I got back to the UK and was shifting away from my old life in the Alps. But interestingly, like you said, what I've so enjoyed is, is that the sort of core mindset and ethos is universal. So yes, this is the vehicle for that to come through, but the message and the real thing is about discernment, empowerment, mindset, education, and you can fit that to anything, you know, and, and it's, it's critically important in this next phase. And, you know, sometimes I get accused of being negative because I do, you know, I, I, I kind of feel like for all my years of research, I do see that the system isn't about to come down next week or into, you know, this is a long process. But in that, I'm equally counter that with, um, I don't think we're doomed either. Right? Mm. You know, and I think people think, oh my God, because I'm, I'm not relying on it coming down for, for me to thrive, my community to thrive, people who want to want to work with me, people who want to do community. You know, being almost, almost that's kind of the old world of victim mentality, which is, a, everybody has to wake up for it to be all right for us. B, the passage has to crumble for it to be right to us. That is, that is waiting for something, as you said, Dan, for something outside of ourselves to happen for us to be all right. Now, mm. I would argue, you know, this, this, this kind of tyranny and stuff has been going on for so long. There have always been people who've managed to thrive and do good stuff regardless because they were on their path clear. You know, so that's really energy. And I, I did see your... You know your chat last week where you touched on FDX and the bigger sort of spectrum of that, which is I'm totally in tune with that, which is we can, but it's down to us. And we've got to make the effort and make the moves, and you know, there's and this is huge opportunity, you know. Absolutely. Now, now, you know, with that view of what you've shared, you know, this awareness which leads to to, to me leads to empowerment, and then the mm. op, and, and and that empowerment leaves us with options. Yeah. And and what what happens is when people feel shut down or disempowered, they don't see options, they don't necessarily see opportunity, and again. Yeah. On the webinar I've just done, I talk, I talk about the psychology and the biology of why that happens and, and how yeah. it actually the neurochemistry in our body actually prevents us from seeing those opportunities. Yeah. And, and again, it's a function of this, the, the fear, uncertainty and doubt, which I think is compounded by a lot of the myths that are in the marketplace. And those those myths can then prevent us from actually getting the education and the awareness that we need to make an informed decision either to, 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 to take a certain action or otherwise. Like you said, this, yeah. you know, even, even if you become informed, you still say, you know, what's not my thing. Totally. Um, so, so what I'd like to do is touch upon some of the some of those myths um, as part of our conversation. Some of those things that actually become barriers to people actually even embracing a journey of learning. 
Um, but before we do that, you know, I, you, you mentioned the interview that the episode I did uh, regarding FTX. Yeah, I think that's been a hugely topical yeah. conversation in the marketplace. You know, a lot of people talking about how it's a, you know, false flag operation or it's a you know, it's a blatant step towards regulate, you know, enabling regulation, which gives all the power back to the, you know, the big money organizations. What's your take on FTX and what it all means? And, uh, you know, fascinatingly enough, you, you predicted that there would be an event at that specific time, yeah. Uh, yeah. Which, which, which is manifested exactly as you predicted. Uh, so tell us a little bit about what, what you, your, your foresight there and your interpretation of recent events. Yeah, and obviously, yeah, I didn't predict it because I'm a seer or a sage, Dan, but again, from, <laughs> yes. from, 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 from education, from education of, of, of you know, um, and obviously had a lot of people contact me, you know, post FTX knowing I'm involved in crypto, you know, how do I feel about crypto now? And here's, here's the point which also underpins all this about getting empowered, is I feel absolutely the same. I feel completely unchanged. And that's because I've got, you know, I'm educated in that area and I understand what's going on. And so none of it's a surprise to me, you know, so that's where getting educated and seeing these things, what they are is so important because then you're not a victim of them. You're not being pulled around by them, you know? So if you, because they're always good, this, this, this theater is never going to stop, you know, life's never going to stop coming. They've got, you know, the kind of, what somebody I know likes to call them the mischief gang rather than the elite. You know, they're never going to stop throwing stuff at you know at you. But when can you get grounded so that you're not pulled around by it too much? It can affect you at times, but can you get grounded? So yeah, the FTX thing is just a continuation of a roadmap that I've been talking about for the last couple of years, really. Which is this is everything that you know expected to happen, which is the kind of controlled demolition of the crypto market as it was before, the kind of wild west crypto market because they're in the middle of trying to take us control as much of it as they possibly can, right? So interestingly, you know, FTX has all the hallmarks of a ritual, but then the reason I was able to call that date out, which was the 8th of November, saying I expect something, you know, potentially going to happen then, is because it was a lunar eclipse, okay? And if we look back in the last year, since this downtrend in the crypto market, it, this is our third liquidation event on a full lunar eclipse since last December. Okay, so we started in December on December the fourth when the WHO pulled out their Omicron announcement, which crashed the markets. Okay, so that was the beginning. We then had another pair of eclipses in May, which is when we had the lunar ritual, which I talk about in the Navigating Digital Assets course. Another ritual of eclipse taking down Luna, which was a challenging the US dollar, a kind of freedom-based crypto project, which got destroyed by Wall Street again around that lunar eclipse. So that brought us forward. We knew, I knew we had another full loop pair of eclipses and the full lunar eclipse there, always on my calendar, on the 8th of November. And so if this was an organic process that was happening, I'd expect, okay, it could have gone down. The fact that it went down exactly again on the full eclipse just absolutely for me is the confirmation of everything I thought about it already, which is this is another ritual. This is always going to happen at that time. Now, it doesn't mean that everybody involved is in on this ritual, but often what happens is, you know, it's allowed to happen. I think people have looked at FTX, kind of people involved in it, lots of insiders. You know, this guy was involved with Gary Gensler from the Security Exchange Commission. He, so they were aware of what FTX was, in my view, from day one. And often what happens is it, it, it's multifaceted. It exists for a reason. As we know, a lot of money laundering went through. It had all sorts of reasons. But it's built up to be destroyed for a purpose. And the timing was so critical. So what we had straight after that was exactly that, all the clamour for the regulation, which was always in the roadmap, 
They just need they just need excuses to bring it in faster and quicker. So again, it's all problem reaction solution, as always. So FTX was absolutely that. Um, again, and yeah, another ritual. And again, how powerful it was. They always leverage this this astrology because they know they're doing powerful things to get a lot of news out there. And astrology just just amplifies that. They can use that. And I really like the you know makes makes me think of the quote by J.P. Morgan. Who other people would be aware is part of the you know, banking dynasties. He said, you know, quite clearly, millionaires don't use astrology, billionaires do. Right? And to link into crypto, JP Morgan, you know, his banking dynasty, family and business are some of the people who are heavily involved in reorganizing the crypto market. JP Morgan are uh, possibly one of the companies that will be taking over Celsius, which collapsed after Luna collapsed. So again, that's DeFi, decentralized finance, being systematically destroyed by Wall Street to then be bought up and controlled by them, okay? So from my studying of, of these kind of people and how they work, they're not very creative, right? The dark forces, the dark magicians, whatever you want to call them, they're not creative. That's, that's really on the light side, much more creation. But what they're very good at is destroying things. So I would posit that a lot of what's happened in this space is they've allowed talented, creative people to create solutions like Celsius, decentralized finance, but they come in and destroy it and then take it off and control it. So that's often the modus operandi that happens. You know, you think about people like Tesla, you know, they can support these people, allow it to happen, but then they're very efficient. They're not creative, not positive. They're very efficient at going and destroying on certain dates and doing what they want to do. So, yeah, FTX had a huge you know, run of the market. I know people who started to come around to crypto and seeing the power in terms of investment point of view, who suddenly went, oh, no, I'm scared now. You know, and of course, what's so interesting about it is obviously nobody I know who I speak to and is, is, is aware lost any money in this. But the mainstream view is everybody in crypto has lost a lot of money. OK, and it comes back to the tenets I talk about in, in, in the in the course. Everything is the only people that had lost money was they were holding assets on an exchange, FTX, which is a third party hand. So that's not sovereign. They were leaving your assets to somebody else or they were invested in FTT, which was FTX's token which isn't a solid investment because it's a government's token on exchange. So there aren't many people I thought behind you who thought that's a great investment. So again, the mainstream view, because you're not educated, is just like any, everyone in crypto just lost all their money. It's terrifying. Mm -hmm. Where of course, you know, only a very few people and not people who invest in solid assets who had them in their self-custody. And you see how quickly the headlines got out there and of course, it, it brought on the, the whole kind of, you know, I saw the Economist cover, which is often used to really put out, out messages, you know, the death of crypto, it's all over. You know, so retail people who aren't educated about what's going on are understandably terrified. Um, and the other interesting aspect of it, which links into CBDTs, is as people who've done my course understand, you know, CBDTs are not crypto per se. They are, you know, a centralized, you know, new fiat currency built on the blockchain. But what we saw from the collapse of FTX was suddenly, um, saw an amazing quote, I've got it here somewhere, from John Cunliffe, from, uh, from the Bank of England. Um, he, he, he told the truth in, in, in his first statement saying, well, it's not really linked, you know, the collapse of FTX has nothing to do with, you know, our central bank country plans. But then he went back on that a few days later saying, I think the comments, I'm getting a lot of comments saying, this, this should be something that makes us think more about our central bank digital currency and getting that in. Because, because FTX is emblematic of these new technologies. 
And again, this just shows how much that's using the narrative. It's absolutely not connected at all. I mean, literally with FTX, you people sort of mesh up and say, that's crypto. Literally, you've just got some bad actors running a dodgy financial scam and really behaving as, as, as our legacy banks do, mm. which is not having the funds in there that exist. Yes. So in a sense, so in a sense to link that to the technology is absolute nonsense. And also, as, yeah. and also to link, but obviously that's how it works in the mainstream, which is you don't, it doesn't, as we know, it doesn't need to be congruent and make sense. It just needs to have that power, which yes. is suddenly in the mainstream. Crypto, you know, crypto as it is, bad, terrifying, losing your money, government working on some good crypto for us. It's, it's completely not, non, you know, not really um, linked. But of course, in, in that kind of mainstream narrative, they tied all together. So we had all those stories coming out. Plus, you know, a load of stuff coming from the G20. Suddenly, a few days later, the G20 released a paper about the regulation of the digital asset space. So, again, the timing is all too convenient and, and shows really that it's a ritual that they knew was going to come down this day. And they built it to destroy it. And obviously, people like SBF, Sam Bankman-Free, doesn't mean he's in on it fully. But often, these minions are used. They're at, they don't mm. exactly know what they're fully being used for, but they are disposable be allowed to do their thing they're handled a certain way and of course that bank run which is all it was on FTX was a bank run you know them leaking rumors that they haven't got the funds get everybody to go in that's how bank runs happen yep so so yeah to sum up yeah absolutely it's the 9-11 it's the building seven collapse you build it bring it down and you've got all this narrative to work with um and yeah it scared a lot of people you know and a lot of people who aren't empowered, who don't really understand the space, you know, with the headlines of crypto, you know, I saw a comment on a video. I wondered, you know, what somebody said, who would be dark enough in crypto? It's just you're guaranteed to lose your money. You know, this, this here's the proof. You know? it, so, it, it, uh, yeah, it just validates people's beliefs that they already hold. And that's, yeah. that's, that's, that's the risk because your point there around the power in itself, the power anything has, you know, the power that crypto has or the power that decentralized finance has is really... To, to a degree, it's grounded in the technology, but, but more yeah. so it's, it's, it's grounded in the belief that one has in the technology, yeah. which, which is all about a belief is, is, is created by our perception. Yeah. You know, so if, if, if we believe that crypto is over and it, it's, it, that's it, uh, uh, and, and this particular event reinforces that perception, then that's what we continue to believe, but even more strongly. Uh, yeah, and again, ha having that sovereignty to actually step back and say, well, actually, what, what else could this mean? Because I was having a conversation actually with a, a, a new friend of mine who I, I met through my local gym. Uh, he's a former world champion mixed martial artist. Um, uh, he has invested a lot of money in crypto in the last few years. He's personal friends with Andrew Tate. Uh, you know, they've they've shared. He shared all kinds of stories about their shared investments. Yeah. Um, and he's doubling down right now. You know, he says yeah. whilst the rest of the market is in fear successful people go the opposite direction and he you know he's totally. he's doubling down and i said well many are talking about regulation being the death of all this are you worried about that and he said no this is actually going to make it even more yeah. more vibrant because this is what they want <laughs> yeah so, totally and again their use of something else come to mind the use of these kind of for the mainstream you know people they they use tom brady who's a massive you know i don't hear of nfl star in the states one of the biggest sports stars you know married to a supermodel so they were the kind of poster child of FTX. They apparently put all their money in, whether they did or not. You see what I mean? And it's it, the power that has on the masses, which is one of our heroes. He went all big, you know, publicly said, I'm backing FTX. I put all my money in there. 
he's lost it all. So again, it's so powerful. And you're yeah. absolutely right. You know, nothing. What's so funny is that these headlines of, you know, the end of crypto, the whole drawdown of the crypto market in this bear market is, hasn't even reached the heights, you know, or the lows of the, of the previous two. So again, this, like this, this narrative of it's absolute Armageddon, it's all dead. Well, Bitcoin is, you know, I think down, what, 77, 78% from its all-time high. In the previous bear markets, it went down over 80. Mm. So we're not even at that level. Yes. Right? So again, these are natural cycles playing out. You know, the, the bull and bear markets are happening naturally as well as being manipulated. But these are natural cycles happening anyway, but they can leverage all the fear that's there, you know, really. And that's where, again, if you get educated about the market cycle, the manipulation, you can be free of all that fuck. You know, again, this is the empowerment side down, isn't it? Where, you know, nothing has changed. I don't wake up with FDX, my, my emotions, my mood. And I want to empower people that if you are involved, to get to a space where you're not pulled around. Because otherwise, you're always going to be a victim of, of the theatre, you know. And, and, and having strong conviction, whatever you're doing, means that you are kind of, you know, whether it's, like, again, whether it's the, did the Omicron announcement scare us more than, no, because we were already grounded in reality yes. what's going on. And again, yes. so FTX was the Omicron of crypto. You know, it was, things were bad. Oh, my God, it's got a lot worse. Well, we knew before what was happening, and we still know what's mm. happening. So again, education is what can empower you and, and, and stop you being pulled around by the theatre show, because that's what it's there to do. And, and so much of it is tyranny by consent, right? So the idea they do want to shake a lot of people to get out of the market, they can't force everybody to actually sell as they couldn't force everybody to actually take a vaccine, right? But they're, they're engineering that the majority will do it themselves. So you might have a lot of people, not many at this stage, but still have people who, who held from the crypto who may have sold out of a loss. But who sold out? The person themselves. That was their own choice. They didn't get forced to do it, but they got manipulated by the, by the spells, the rituals, the media, so again, having that, getting that core empowerment, understanding where you are and what's going on. I remember going back to Debra, you know, she was quite taken aback with the first call I did and talked about these rituals and, you know, the astrology and how powerful. But I shine a light on it because actually it loses its power, right? So rather than be like, oh my God, they're all powerful, they can do that. It, it's like seeing the magician. Well, I've seen the trick. I know what the trick is. You haven't got the power of it. I can, I can see what trick you're playing. Mm. You know, it, it, I can be interested. So Dan, that's where FTX, I'm interested in it. I mean, I'm interested in what happens in the market, but I'm not a victim of it. I'm not being manipulated by it. And that's that's the crucial difference, I think. I think it's an important thing to say. And I also thank you for saying the piece around the astrology, because I know some people might be watching this. You know, if they've, if they've attended from our community, they've been to the financial um, reset event, you've talked about the stuff. Even then, it might still be too esoteric for some people. But, you know, people might be thinking, Sam, I was with you until you started talking yeah, yeah, about the, the, yeah, yeah. the moon cycles. You've lost yeah, me yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I think, you know, whether you take it or leave it, you know, it's it's important that there are there are other ways of seeing things. Yeah. And, you, you know, um, there are plenty of organizations that operate openly in a ritualistic oh, fashion. Totally, might... totally. And I, I think there's enough evidence without going that. I, I obviously, my long-term research, research knows <laughs> yes, that you've been in the game. Plays, plays a huge role in all this, but, you know, I, I'm not making it called purely on the lunar eclipse, but that, for me, it's just extra confirmation, you know, the numerology and the astrology. And again, quite a coincidence, even if you don't believe it, that we've had three market collapses on negotiations on three eclipses in a row. <laughs> you know. well, certainly, will, I'm sure, make people think differently. Now, I think one of the biggest concerns that people have, and I know you, you've commented on this, is the end of the crypto. I, I, would, would you say that you're very 
confident that this is not the end of crypto or, 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 or... Well, again i think the comparison with the dot-com bubble is really interesting okay mm-hmm. so when the dot-com bubble burst in the dot-com era you know 2000 2001 with you no know, pioneering beginning of email where's this going to go and again that was the, the bubble was built on speculation as a lot of markets are at that time so when the dot-com bubble burst in 2000 you know, it dropped, most companies dropped, you know, 90% plus. Amazon, who's a giant today, lost 95% of their value. And 90% of things in those kind of when bubbles, expected bubbles burst, and also you go into bear markets, generally, you know, a lot of projects that had no utility, had no real cash flow, they disappear. Okay. So my sort of, if you make that comparison, was the internet over when the dot-com bubble burst? You know, just getting that, started. Yeah, just getting just started. Getting started. Yeah. So that's again the fundamentals of trying to separate the technology and the developments from market sentiment and liquidity. Okay, mm. because the crypto market again, there's so many confusing things I'd like to shine a light on. When people say what's happening to crypto, almost that question doesn't make sense because yes. it's, it's a huge, diverse, massive you know variety of, of assets and tokenized technologies. Fancy so. Even just saying what's happening in crypto is a, is a non-question. Okay, the blockchain fits, it's huge. So nothing has happened fundamentally to detect or what's happening. And actually, it's been progressing at an unbelievable rate. A lot of people argue fast and the internet is progressing, despite the market being down 80, you know, 80 plus percent. Or so you could have an asset, we sat on an asset that is 95% down from where it was in November. And that same company who controlled the asset that that token has been making unbelievable strides in the last six months. Their business is absolutely good. It's nothing to do with it mm. at this stage. It's, it's purely you know market sentiment where we are. So so absolutely is this the end? No, and that that gets said at every bear market. You know this is the end. This is the end. It's going to go away. Doesn't mean that you know ninety percent of what's in the market. It can be the beginning of the end of them. And that yep. that, that that is both natural because ninety percent of this. The market is um, rubbish, pure rubbish. It has no utility. And what happens is, you know, I want to always say this, it's both, Dan, I've said it to you in the talks, it's both manipulation and organic. Stuff. Yes. It's a complete yep. combination. Again, don't get stuck in the binary. Some people go, it's all completely controlled, <laughs> or it's all, it's again, it's both. Yeah. You know? So what happens is um, when we've moved into this quantitative, um, you know, tightening, okay, the money prints have gone off. A lot of zombie companies get get you know get exposed during this time because when money was easy to borrow, there's loads of money sloshing around the market. They can survive and look alright. So it's really these kind of periods where the money prints are off, interest rates are high. You can't get these companies can't get hold of cheap money. So much stuff is getting found out, and that's not all manipulation. A lot of that stuff is genuine. That these are you know companies that aren't functioning, aren't meant to make it. So that's a huge part of this process, which is all natural and it's all healthy, really, for the blockchain future um, of where it's going. So absolutely yeah, I, not. It's the beginning. <laughs> yeah, the comparison to the dot-com era is so pertinent mm-hmm. because, you know, the dot-com crash, again, it flushed out a lot of the kind of pretenders. And, yeah. you know, again, that word utility is important. They didn't actually have totally. any long-term practical application. They were... They were speculators or there were chances, you know, trying to ride the wave. And there's, yeah. there's, a, there's a lot of that. Again, it's market forces that are driving totally. that. Totally. Um, opportunism, you know. The, yeah, all these companies jumping on these bandwagons. So, again, blockchain was big crypto. There's some genuine ones trying stuff. There's also a load of charlatans jumping on the bandwagon. This is liquidity. Not gonna, wherever there's money, I'm going to say liquidity, actually, money. 
Where's yes. this money going? There are people jumping in, which is why a lot of the scams appear and a lot of the multi-level marketing scams because in a, in a, in a rising market, there's money floating around. They can lend out stuff, get some, pay some yields. Look at them all disappear. And a lot of these are parasite companies who are just scams, so, you know, good riddance to them. But they all, you know, all the stuff they are promising, they can't do it now. They haven't got access to free money or, or lots of money sucking on the market. So, yeah, it's, it is. There's a lot of natural, just, you know, a, a lot of natural stuff just happening and a lot of zombie companies being found out and going bust. And, again, that's where utility is actually key. If you invest in something that has no point to it, then, yeah, it probably won't survive. Mm. But I utility, think it's definitely... utility is everything. Yeah, I mean, during the dot-com dot crash, even the likes of Apple and Amazon, you know, they were born during this era. They, 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 they took losses. Huge, 90% plus, and, you know, people who sold yeah. out, you know, got scared out. Understand, you didn't understand where, where things were going. This was, people thought, it's over. And a lot of those people took a loss, you know. I think Amazon has been restructured. But I think at that time, it went from sort of 130 odd dollars to $6. People took a, you know, took a loss. I'm out. I want to protect what I've got. Of course, the run from there over the next, you know, 10, 20 years, extraordinary. Yeah. So the same will happen in, 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 in the blockchain tech sector, which is what we you know, put the market to hold. Yes. But, but 90, you know, 90% plus of what exists today will not make it. Yes. I think, I think the comparison to the dot-com is useful for what we've discussed, but it's also useful because if you start to – I think the word crypto, people think about currency and – Yeah. Which um, and this is where all the fears come in, and I'd like to talk about some of those fears. The central bank digital currencies. Yep. People people say people are saying this is laying the groundwork for central bank digital currencies, which actually technologically is true. Yeah, yeah, but, totally. but 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 it's also distinct from you know. Yeah. When when you talk about the projects, those projects have utility. Some yeah. of them have nothing at all to do with currency. They have nothing Absolutely. to. Do. Which is why cryptocurrency is the misnomer. Which is I always try and reframe that word cryptocurrency. That's why we, again. Look at, look at the core five. I've talked about digital assets, and that's for a reason. It's to get, a, get away from this mindset of these are pure currencies. There are pure currencies within there. But again, a lot of these things are, t- are tech products. You know, these are tech solutions for the future world. And again, always give that caveat for the good, the bad, and the ugly. You know? um, and yeah, the CBDC is, is, is actually using um, blockchain technology as the baseline tech of the future. And here's the thing again about intention, Dan. I think, you know, a lot of people ask, are CBDCs inevitable or whatever? They are for me, not, not purely because, um, you know, the mission gang are going to get their way, but also because this tech is far superior. And if we had nobody in the ferret, you know, in high places controlling it, we absolutely should move what we have digitally already, which is most of our money is digital form anyway. There's only about 17 cash in the world. We absolutely would, be, would benefit from you know moving on to the blockchain because it's far superior tech. It's yep. cheaper, faster, um, less problematic, less you know less uh, manipulable. So it's fabulous. But it's it's the, again so the tech is not the issue. It's the fact that it's top down smart contracts that are going to be programmed you know for our greater good. You know um, that we don't have a say in. That's the issue with it. It's not yes. the tech itself. So again, you could as we've discussed before, we could use blockchain with each other maintain our privacy, uh, agree on contracts with each other. And that's a great use of a smart contract. We're both consenting, Dan, and we're saying we want that. It works for both of us. We're happy. But what we're looking at is a, is a top-down, centrally controlled, centrally dictated, you know, in a sense, a fiat currency, as you say, but with all these other aspects that they can use, you know, to block to, to put on top of it. 
So, yeah. I, I, so yeah, there's lots of really important points there. So firstly, the central bank digital currency. So I think we both acknowledge that the technology has enabled that. But I also think the when people think about central bank digital currencies, they think about it in the extremist form, in the sense that it the, the programmable aspect where, yeah. and again, I, I, central bank digital currencies, do I think they're inevitable? I, th I think they are. I think yeah. they are inevitable. But I also I agree with you that I think the technology is far superior to the current banking, the, the, yeah. the digital banking system. And they will be, but they have many qualities will be better, you know, in terms of it cuts out a lot of parasite middlemen, you know, it, it, you know, all those kind of institutions that exist to be middlemen, move money. It really is, is a much more efficient system in terms of speed, costs and all sorts. But yeah, it, it, it is the programmable aspect. Yes. You know, and, and the aspect. central... And, and the, central, the centralization of it, which it actually, and it's at its core, you know, Bitcoin of its origin uh, and what's evolved from there was born to be decentralized. It was, yeah. it was actually, I know there's different views on who started Bitcoin and where yeah, it all yeah. came from. But if you take that to one side and think but about it the is premise decentralized. Of it, yeah, it is decentralized. decentralized. And, again, and again, and it's an asset that, that you know the rules of the game. So the rules of the game are set. And that's why Bitcoin stands alone. That's why within crypto, even Bitcoin absolutely stands alone. And it mm. almost has to be viewed in, in its own right. Um, and again, you look at just talk about supply, which is why Bitcoin's so different. The supply is absolutely hard code limited, whereas any of your CBDCs will just be like your fiat currency today in terms of the supply is completely controlled, you know, by those, by, but essentially that is the central bank, the government. Yes, yes. And I, I think the fears around what central bank digital currencies could become, which I share, that, that, that kind of social credit type system, they are begged into the technology. That is, that is, that is a hard fact. But again, it's, yeah. not, it's not an inevitability. No, be, I like, be... Yeah, I like the way you've said that because it's almost like it's a two-part question. I think they're inevitable, partly because I also see that they're far, far more further down the road than would be told in the mainstream. So again, I yeah. go back to COVID comparison. Were the vaccines ready earlier than most people thought? Was that, you know, a lot of this to me is that the roadmap has already been laid out. What you're seeing in the mainstream is just the layup for it. So that's part of my reason thinking there is not because because I think it's a lot closer. And I think they are, you know, pretty much ready. But the 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 other side to it is I don't see all the things they can do with it as inevitable mm. because that does that is it's, it's not going to be overnight. They're not going to arrive overnight as social credit score programmable you know, you're completely trapped. It will be a road to get there. And again, that does depend on people's behavior, how much pushback. So I don't view that full dystopia as inevitable. I know mm. that's where, you know, they want it things to go. Um, but but the, the pure tech on its own can be used in a neutral fashion. Exactly. I, yeah, I agree. And that's I, important I, I, to be aware of. Yeah, and I think there is a counterculture now emerging that is going to strongly push back on those eventualities that people are most afraid about with with the centralization and the social. I'm not saying it won't happen, but I think there is a there is a growing momentum towards standing against those types of applications, and I think that's yeah. that's that's something that's emerging. But I think the other thing that people are concerned about, and again, it's a very valid concern, is the privacy element because yeah. at the moment. At, and you know, we think our money is private right right now. Well, if you're using digital banking, your bank. <laughs> your bank can view your activities and actually the government can actually inspect your banking yeah, activities. Totally, totally, so that's, yeah. that's all currently possible. But I understand that people are equally afraid that by having a centralized digital pound, for instance, is that now that government has greater visibility over, totally. not a, over how you use your money. And I think, again, that that's where it brings out the comparison with cash. And we could talk about cash and some of the mm. fears around, you know, some of the, 
the idea that cash is really king because I think cash, again, people don't realize that cash has its own problems. But could you, speak, could you speak about the privacy element when it comes to digital assets? Um, it's an interesting one. I mean, there, there are, and you're absolutely right, that the CBDC does give them that extra level of, you know, spyware, essentially. Um, now, within, within crypto, again, this is a really big nuanced discussion because a lot of people think crypto is private. Again, it's open source blockchain, most of it. So even if you have your Bitcoin wallet address, somebody can go and look at how much Bitcoin is in there. Okay, So that's where you see a lot of this move towards, you know, privacy coins, particularly in the freedom movement, things like Monero, private chain, which are, you know, have got amazing tech in which, you know, does protect, you know, and, and, and kind of scramble the transactions. So you're not sure where it's gone. So that is an area of, of crypto that's obviously burgeoning in the freedom movement. What its future is going to look like, who knows? Will it be a complete black market? Who knows? Again, it's almost like within crypto, there's so many different things going on down. It's almost like Bitcoin is Bitcoin. There are kind of solid investments. And then there are kind of like, you know, rebel currencies that are privacy. They're all, some of the people have support both of me, they're all completely kind of separate areas within this kind of crypto space. Yes. Um, I, I, can I just say something? On this? Yeah. I think this, this is an important point because the last couple of years with, with the COVID conversation has spawned a, a a worldwide freedom movement you yeah. know i think i, I think it's, it's woken people up to the fact that, that freedoms not just during the course of covid but actually there's an underlying trajectory that is moving us away from freedom and towards other things like safetyism or you know yeah. uh, or, or greater centralized control and this has been a huge awakening for a lot of people however my experience of crypto uh, or digital assets the whole market has been born out of digital freedom. You know, most people I know that are, are long-term advocates of what crypto and Bitcoin has been, has always been from all this crypto anarchic, you know, freedom fighting, liberating from government control. Like that's the, to me, that's the underlying sentiment that, that, that has been behind a lot of this stuff. And I think a lot of people don't recognize totally, that a lot, totally. of these, a, a lot of these projects, a lot of this, the, the market is actually driven by the desire for greater freedom and limited yes. government control. Absolutely. And, that, and that's where, you know, Bitcoin does stand alone as it's decentralized, you know, and, it, and it's about not having, you know, state intermediaries or, or third party intermediaries. So at that point, I always tell that story about the, you know, the guy who's in Russia when it all kicked off and they, they shut down the SWIFT system. He didn't, you know, shut down the ATMs, his bank was down. And, and you know, you look at that, the, the legacy bank system has really locked him out of his, where he's living jurisdiction. But because he had Bitcoin in a wallet, what? He is then able to transact peer to peer, and the permission is coming from all the you know people across the world who are securing the Bitcoin network, rather than an authority saying you know what and and and, and that you are outside once you're in that crypto space you're outside jurisdiction. Dan. I think that's really important. Mm. You know, whereas when you've got a bank account and you're Russian or say you're British, we got British, we are in that jurisdiction. When you're on the blockchain, say in your Bitcoin wallet, you are nowhere and everywhere. So it's irrelevant who you were, where you are. So there's always going to be somebody who's going to um, validate that transaction going through, regardless of whether somebody's judged that we can't we can't allow Russians to trade or Brits to trade or unvaccinated to trade. That's what's really powerful about it, and that decentralized freedom aspect. That no one's playing around with the supply of it, and equally that no one's getting in the way of these transactions going through. And the reason Bitcoin is so special is that because it's this is kind of People view Bitcoin as clunky and kind of old tech because it is because it's, you know, it's now how old is it? You know, over 10 years old and, and things have moved on enormously. But part of the beauty of its simplicity is that 
it doesn't take much computing power for individuals to secure the Bitcoin network. So that, mm. that, that, that kind of, um, I don't want to get too technical to the lay audience, and I'm not a real technical guy either, but understanding that it's, it's kind of clunkiness, slowness is what makes it so decentralized. Mm. Because it means that should you take out everybody, there's still you know, one man standing in Kazakhstan who's, who's secure the network, he's going to have the compute power to do it. Yes. Well, with, 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 with things, so a lot of people, though, it's very limited Bitcoin, we don't like it, but if you build a lot more stuff on, on these blockchains and you need a lot more computing power to secure the networks, then it, it favors bigger groups with more computing power. So I won't get too technical, but that's, there's something in Bitcoin simplicity, which is why, you know, it's clunking old, but that's what makes it so decentralized and, and so attractive to people. Thanks, Sam. I think this also raises a couple of additional fears that people have. So, and it's linked to whether the, the net, the distributed system works. So obviously, yep. firstly, you know, people might point to China and the intervention that China has had within the crypto market and Bitcoin and how they've taken this stronghold over, uh, crypto and they've been able to intervene in the market. So that would be one fear and people would be asking, well, what about other, uh, regional governments could they, or national governments, could they do the same? So that's number one. But then the second element to that is then what I hear a lot is, well, what if they turn the internet off? You know, yeah. what, what if the internet goes down? And, and firstly, again, on the latter, the latter point, well, with digital banking right now, the same is true. Yeah. And whilst there are, you know, the value of cash would prevent part of those problems. The reality is these days, even if you are paying with cash, the vendor that you're paying, their systems are usually yeah. wired into the internet. So even if you have the cash to pay, most shops you'll go to, even if they take cash, which uh, which is decreasing in number, sadly, even if they do take cash, their EPOS systems, their electronic payment systems are usually grounded in the internet. And you, you'll find if, if the internet goes down, those shops won't be trading anyway. That's the hard it's, reality. If, if, um, if, if the internet goes down, you know, we're in a whole different ballgame where I always, for example, if the internet goes down, the last thing I'm worried about is my digital assets. Um, you know, because at that at that stage, which is why I don't believe it will, um, it's about it's the control structure for me. So, so yeah, it, it, it's kind of like if you get into apocalyptic what ifs, then those apocalyptic what ifs just they affect everything. We're mm -hmm. in a whole we're we're in a whole different space where we've got bigger priorities. So it kind of ends that conversation for me. Yes. You know, in a way, it's kind of like you know, um, in terms of trying to stop you know a few million people transacting Bitcoin pull the whole plug on, on the on the world's internet is kind of pretty extreme. And I mm. just don't think it's 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 you know it's interesting. I think it's important to realise that yes, a lot of freedom minded people are, are in Bitcoin for that reason. So we also a load of very unfree minded people understand its value. The big boys are all in it. Yep. Okay, so again it's the idea I think some people think that the crypto space is a purely rebellious space that they're gonna crush. I think that's an important thing to understand that um, you know, KPMG, one of the biggest mainstream accounting firms in the world, have Bitcoin and, and Ethereum on their balance sheet. Yes. So they, you know, they're not doing that because they think, oh, my God, we've got to get something outside the system, whatever. They, they are investing in, in the future based on tech of the, you know, of the world. So, and they want to have a stake in it. So it's important to understand there is freedom and rebellion in there, but it's also this is a real mainstream space as well. Yes. Yes. And I think, again, it goes back to that, 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 um, 
misnomer that it's uh, it's purely currency based. You know, that totally, the, the, totally. The, the, totally. that's that's the illusion. And, and yeah. you know, what, it's like if you if you trade the stock market and you're investing in tech companies, yeah. it, it's it, to me, it, it's not a direct comparison, but there's there's enough comparison. Yeah, you know, it's, yeah. It's, it's, yeah. It's, it's you could be investing in future tech in the media industry. I mean, which yeah. there's a whole there's a whole world being built on Web3 in yeah. the media space, which I'm becoming more and more familiar with. Totally. Same with like property, you know, property companies now transacting property deeds via uh, t tokenized um, so, yeah. uh, contracts. You know, yeah. there's the whole wave of digital applications um, that, that, that follow. Uh, and, so, and, and, some and some really good decentralized aspects to it. I mean, I, I, you know, I'm invested in a, you know, real grassroots copper mining operation, right? And it's tokenized. And it's much more direct. It's, it's cut out the middle men, the parasites, vampires. The, the the wealth is going much more direct to the people on the ground. It's ethical. So there are really extraordinary use cases going on in decentralized, you know, space. Um, and so it is it is a move to decentralization. Positive. It's just that the control structure always wants to try and control what they can and use it for their way. The whole spectrum is going to exist in it. No question. That. And then again, the idea that it's going to be totally destroyed by, you know, by that that crew then why are they busy buying it up of people at the moment i mean that's we get on chain and, and analytics and see what the big people are doing yes, so yeah. it's it's not i think it's important to get that mindset i think i think you do get people in the kind of free movement who are new to all this think it's just some rebel space that i can i run to but it's so dangerous and they're going to destroy it i think how, that's why again it comes back to education isn't that understand what yes. it is and what is this space and then that'll give you a complete view of it and then you can decide how you want to be involved with it, if at all. Yes, yes, yeah. Thank you. And the, the last big kind of concern I have is around people people who talk about cash and like, cash yeah. is king. Um, and I can understand why people would think about that because again, it's the ability to transact with total um, anonymous uh, anonymity. You know, yeah. you, you, your cash can't be traced like a digital yeah. transaction can. So I understand that. But I'd interest in your comments because, again, if we look at what's happened in the uh, the value of the currency, the British pound, for instance, over the last few months, with all the political turmoil, the ups and downs, you know, the the, the value of the pound is not under your control. Uh, yeah. uh, and the reality is, the fact that it's got the a deceased notable on the front, <laughs> you know, it's, you know, it, 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 which a lot of people in this community, you know, find I find it interesting how a lot of people with the, the changes in the monarchy over over recent weeks. And again, I don't, I don't, I'm not here to to say one thing or the other with the monarchy, or what, what, I don't, I don't care yeah. what you think about the monarchy. But but the fact is that there is a deceased notable on the front. It is a, a central, you know, it is issued by a central bank, uh, and, and that for me says that it's not as it's not it's not as liberating as one may think so what's your take on cash well i absolutely agree dan and there is this interesting you know irony of like and i, and I like you i completely support the privacy of the transaction so in terms of yes. transacting and that level of privacy i absolutely so i support you know and I, you know this is why i'm, I'm saying i'm not pro digital pro, I'm not, it's not about being pro cash or pro crypto just knowing what they all are but of course, like mm. you said, the irony in it is this is the most centralized, the most controlled. This is almost like saying they're, you know, the people I'm most am, I'm happy with. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, yes. I'm, I'm putting on the pedestal their piece of paper, which fiat currency by decree, you know, given that, that is backed by absolutely nothing. Okay, mm. That's really important. Fiat currency is backed by nothing. Since we came off the gold standard in, in 73, this asset, so it actually has no worth. And again, you get people go, well, there's no worth to Bitcoin. And they're lording cash. Well, there's absolutely no worth to your cash, you know. 
So it absolutely is a great means of just transacting whatever, but in terms of asset and wealth, you are absolutely being robbed daily in it. So the dollar, you know, talk about the dollar because it's a reserve currency of the world, but it goes to all these currencies. Since its inception of the modern dollar, it is down 98%. Okay, it's lost 98% of its value. That's going to continue. You're in a chart that's never going the other way. You're never going to gain some value sat in that. So it's always important to view is absolutely cash in terms of short-term transacting, amazing. In terms of asset, it's not an asset. It's, you know, if you're, if you're storing your wealth in that, then you're giving all your power away to basically being robbed through money printing. Um, you know, in the last two years, people lost huge amounts of wealth by sitting in cash. So, yeah, that, I, I do have an issue with that. Again, it's, it's a binary idea. Cash is king. Worship. I completely support the keeping cash in the privacy. I'm totally with that. But I Agreed. also yep. see the issues with it, Dan, which is yes. if you're sat in cash. Here, and here's another thing to, to consider. When we consider no one can say exactly how the switch is going to play out. But potentially the other aspect of, of sitting, in, you know, if you sit in cash, again, I'm for cash in terms of transacting short term. If you sit in cash, as in that's where my wealth is, that's a tool to transact privately. But equally, tomorrow, it can be deemed to be no longer legal tender. Yes. So, so yes. in terms of an asset, in terms of where to store your wealth, that is a high, high risk strategy because literally they can say, well, any, you know, and maybe to pull some of the cash back into the system to try and get black money off the streets, to try and get everything for a switch over. They can start doing that, which is any any notes before this date no longer, and you've got to bank it. And you yep. may, you know, if you if we get switched to CBDC, it may be well you need to bank that cash, you know, to, to redeem it one to one, you know, potentially. Whereas you've got no because it only has its value if everyone's accepting it. Yes, you know? exactly. And it's so again, that's perception. Perception again, a perception of value, so we give it value. So again, within your own community, you're better off having assets that cannot be strong. So I always give this example, like tomorrow that cash can be can be deemed not legal tender. Whereas your chickpea, your can of chickpeas tomorrow, it's still a can of chickpeas. It still holds its value. So again, when we talk about assets, they're everything. What's going to hold its value and cannot be written out of having any value or, or deemed your printed away to, to having no value. So that's always this big shift what's coming. This huge shift is coming. Understand that you need to have assets that that can circumnavigate any of that eventuality happening. So, yeah, there are Thank massive issues with cash, no question. Yeah, Sam, this has been a, you know, a really fascinating kind of walkthrough of some of those big big myths and objections to, a, to, to at least exploring this new world of digital assets, crypto, blockchain, digital finance, decentralized finance. And I understand all of those fears, and they're fears that I've personally gone from through over the last decade because you know, this, yeah. is, this is a... Uh, and those fears have been heightened, I think, the last couple of years where people are even more wary of these control structures. Yeah, totally. Um, but, but within that fear, there is also opportunity. And I think that's, that's what, what, what's important, that whether people decide to embrace uh, this world of digital finance, digital block, yeah, blockchain, digi this, new, this new emerging technology, it, it, it's really up to them. But, yeah, but ultimately, absolutely. but... But having the awareness and the education is, is something that at least give you the opportunity if you wish to look for those opportunities, which in times like this, you know, when most people are in fear, uncertainty and doubt, they look, they, 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 they're, they're wired to see more fear. They're wired to see more uncertainty and that, that, that disbands us, it, it disables us, it, it disempowers us. 
and we become almost closed-minded to the opportunities that could be glaring us right yeah, in the face. It, it, totally, Danny. What's interesting is that almost you can you can see people hanging on to old paradigms that even with their awareness, they know were awful anyway. So it's a kind of like almost like protect, you, you know, so the financial reset is a great example because the financial reset ha- needs to happen for good reasons. I mean, it's not what yes. the, what what they have in plan, have, you know, that's not what how they want to move it, but it has to happen anyway. So if one is then holding on going, I want what's happened before, well, I think if you've done a lot of research and you've woken up to a lot of stuff, you'll realize that that whole system was broken and is, but so to be holding on to it out of fear of the new, then you're in no man's land. You can't go anywhere because you're actually trying to hold on to something. You know, the, and that's part that goes back to cash almost like this complete debt cash system, which is, you know, backed by nothing, worthless. We're almost saying, oh, I don't want to lose that. Do you see what I mean? Whereas really yeah. that, that's, it's screwed. It's over. I mean, it, it, needs to, it needs to be changed. So, yes, this is a time for change. Certain factions will want to bring in change to them, but this is a time for us to do great things and great change and navigate. So this is a huge opportunity and a huge gift to, and a really like a calling to do what a lot of us knew we you know, needed to do or, or, you know, but it's almost like the matrix has become so bad that, that we can't even, you know, be lazy and go, I'll still, you know, I'll still be involved with it, you know, because that's where a lot of us were, you know, aware of how wrong things were, but it, it, you could still deal with it. The gift is they've made it so dystopian and so bad. It's not like we are forced to get on and create new solutions and look at things and learn. And I, I come back to education. I want to give my mum as an example because she's in her late seventies. But obviously, you know, now I'm back in the UK and on this path and talking about finance, crypto. She's, you know, always been stressed and scared by finance. She is now empowered and excited through education because it's really not being clear that leaves us in fear because we don't know where we are then. We don't know where we are. We literally, you know, how can you navigate? You don't know where you are, you know. And that's where, like, when you get people who understandably come into crypto on a bull market, a friend said to them, just buy some of that. They bought it. That's great when it's going up on a bull market just because everything's going up. When things are happening now, understanding their stress because they don't know what they hold. You know, whereas if you understood what you held and you understand why and you've got conviction, you understand what's happening, then you can, you can hold the same thing that person's holding completely relaxed and they're in a panic only because you know where you are and they don't know where they are. So finding out where you are is, 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 yes. is the baseline really. Absolutely. And I think throughout this conversation, you've under, underlined the importance of awareness and education as, as the fundamental baseline of becoming empowered. Totally. And, about all, and, all and, angles. And, yeah. In all, yeah. in all and, good and your sovereignty. Totally. Totally. Yeah. So, uh, so, uh, finance is such a big control, which is why I started talking about financial reset because, Finance is one of the biggest controlling mechanisms in the world. And, you know, what I've realized from doing these talks is it's been amazing even amongst the weight communities, how few people who are extremely, ta- you know, have been busy, uh, amazing lives, are really not even aware what fiat currency is. That's mm. how obfuscated things have become. That we've become yes. so detached from things that these are successful. People. I'm not criticizing them. It's just I know how the, the game works. We don't think about all these things. But that's been a thing to learn for a lot of people, which is didn't even realize that their cash was backed by absolutely nothing. So when you understand that, then it changes your mindset and, 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 and everything. So, again, I come back to education to get empowered. Yes, I mean, the last thing I want to underscore on that, this is the thing for me about cash, because I, I understand, you know, I've got a lot of friends who are kind of cash purists, and that's entirely almost driven by the, the, the desire to remain invisible yeah. to government and the privacy, which I fully back, you know, totally. I, I, haven't, totally. I haven't done what I've done for the last couple of years yeah. uh, because I, 
without, without having that that that's uh, that comparable. I, you know, I, I feel strongly about that too. But at the same time, I also see cash as it is literally the symbol of the most corrupt economic system. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the 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 financial the financial you know the fact that money is based on nothing it has created out of thin air and it, it's how it supports the entire centralized banking system. Yeah. On one hand, yes, we have all of, but if we only focus on that benefit yeah, of cash yeah, and we ignore yeah. everything else that yeah. it represents, then we're clinging on to something that is actually far darker than we may we may think. Totally, and it's taken us right back to where we started in the lovely good thought, which is binaries. Then the trouble with binaries, yes. cash is king, is a, is a binary statement. You know. Yes. Yeah, cash has some qualities. Digital assets have some qualities. Gold and silver, they all have qualities, and they all have. But, so and then you can once you weighed up all the different qualities and really looked at them and it takes time but it's it is i want to encourage people because it's really work that's worth doing because it can really as you know when you get empowered you know we are it changes everything you know make the time to get to get clear and understand these things and, and i know that you'll feel more empowered i've seen that with people around me i've seen the shift yes. you know, my mum you know she's she's in her late 70s and she's got a whole different view on finance and an amazing book is um i don't you've probably read it is kiyosaki's Rich dad, poor dad, Dan, which is great yep. shifting that mindset of how they've tripped everybody into kind of being, you know, wage slaves and, and worshiping that, and not understanding money. You know, so if we can just educate people because I'm not like you. I want people to do well through this and thrive, and, and let's help each other get to make good things happen and, and create good stuff because it is that I think I always come back to. Yes, the control charges are very powerful, and they do have a lot of power. They're not all powerful. And they rely on you believing their lies and following them and 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 your actions being dependent on their theater once you've taken yourself out of that you can get busy creating as, as people always have done absolutely it's important that we don't abdicate our power to those power structures by our own totally. behaviors you know this this is where education is important so i want to close you, you you've been immersed in this world you know you, you've shared so much today that hopefully will help people think differently about uh what we've been talking about and, you know, you and I, we said at the beginning, came together as a result of that talk that I had the opportunity of going to. Uh, but then we've worked together to, to put together a Navigating Digital Assets course. Yeah. And I love the way that you've talked about that navigating part today and the education part. So could you just tell our audience a little bit about you know, what the purpose of that course is, how it's structured, what people will learn by going through it? Because inevitably people are going to listen today. And I know a lot of people think I, I, I'm only just getting started. I want to know more. Uh, and, you know, we've put this course together specifically to address that, that need. So could you tell us a little bit about the course and, and what people will learn by going through it? Yeah, absolutely. Dan. Well, obviously, as you said, you saw me in a, in a, in a um, in-person event. And obviously, through meeting you and on the platform, I realized we can get out to more people because, you know, purely geographically, I can't get, you know, I'm, I've done a lot in the south of England and meet people. So that was really powerful to me. And again, um, to reach more people because it's about empowerment at its core. And I think the feedback I've had and what I've seen from giving the talks and obviously people have done the course is that this is very deep yet very accessible. Okay, mm. so it's a real holistic view looking at all angles because it's and it's something that I you know didn't see anywhere else really where you can get that. And it's also helpful, I hope, and you know, that's the feedback I've had so far that wherever you're at, it can benefit you. It doesn't mean that you even think I want to get involved with crypto and I watch it even for people who want to understand the paradigm shift that's coming and understand what that is. Then you then they're clear about what's going on and what's happening. And, you know, CBDCs and, you know, this digital shift and the good sides, the bad sides. So it helps. It helps people even if they've got no plans to invest in crypto. 
they might change their mind after they might they might not but that's not that's not what it's about it's not about selling anything or saying this is the way it's about shining that light and giving options but then equally for the people who are already in crypto but are still confused haven't really got the other piece of the puzzle it can really bring clarity for them as well get more empowered so it kind of covers all those bases down it's really hard to kind of we've all discussed how do i sum it up it's kind of hard to sum it because it's it's extremely broad extremely and deep it's full of paradoxes it's very deep and very accessible so it's been designed that you can have no experience of it i think we've had feedback of people who have no awareness of this topic at all and by the end of it i've hopefully got somewhere that would have taken me when i began or a lot of people on my own kind of trawl around it would take me years to get to right to really focus focus in on what's important and, and get clean things because there is so much info out there, but it's so confusing. And you always got to mix that with what's mainstream info, what's looking at the conspiracy side. So I'm trying to, as you know, from chatting to me and with you know, chats, I try and cover all angles because that's how my brain works. I like to see it from yes. every angle and understand it. So that's what you're getting in a condensed form that, that you really can be more empowered, whether you are involved already, want to get involved, or just want to understand this digital shift and what's going on with it. So it's, it's, it's really useful for, anybody who's interested at all in this topic or, or is curious about this topic at any level. Uh, absolutely. And, you know, we recorded it live together. It was a four hour event and the, the feedback from the live event was incredible. Uh, people were saying things like, I can't believe how fast those four hours have gone. You know, literal, literally, you know, it's, it was immersive, but the good news is we've then taken that four hour footage and we've broken it down into three modules, talking about the history of Bitcoin and blockchain technology, understanding more about the, the technological applications that, that, that Sam yeah. has touched upon today. You talked about, you know, for those who do want to understand some of the jargon that's involved in the crypto ecosystem, when people are talking about exchanges and wallets, you know, Sam goes through all of that, talking about uh, how how to actually, you know, get your money into crypto if you want to, how to store your your, your crypto safely and securely, all of these kind of technical elements Sam breaks down, it makes it really simple to understand. So you have the kind of grounded knowledge. And then ultimately the last thing is really, and I think importantly with so many scams and so much hyperbole yeah, and so yeah. much misinformation in the marketplace, really breaking down how to think about, how to think about the market, how to think about finance, how to think you know, your mindset really around market cycles and the manipulation that goes on and uh, you know, build, building that kind of empowered mindset so you can manage your emotions. You know, today, Sam, you know, what stood out for me is that you, you, you talk about these external events that have caused all this kind of chaos in the yeah, markets yeah, yeah. and all this uncertainty and all this emotions. And you're there like the rock in the river, you know, that all this is going around you. And you're just like, yeah, I'm unchanged. Well, I, <laughs> think, that, I that, think that that's absolutely nailed it down. And that, that was my journey. You know, I've been I've been pulled around. So I've been through all that. And I think yes. that's what other people said to me. Sammy, why are you so cut? Yeah, because nothing has changed. I know we know what's going on. Um, so, yeah, really want to empower people that if they're going to be involved, like you said, they've got the foundations to be involved properly and that they do it properly and that they don't get scammed and that they, and I think, yeah, that ecosystem, which I, you know, put together so you can see, see where you are, just has helped people finally go, I know where I am now. Right. Yes. And that's, that's huge. Yes. And, and um, yeah, absolutely. I do want people. Yeah. I don't want people to be scammed. I want people to feel empowered. If they're in this space, I want them to feel strong and empowered. Yes.
Absolutely. So if you'd like to find out more about the course uh, and see how it's laid out and structured, you enjoyed the conversation today and you'd like to hear more from Sam to, to help you to navigate this, this complex. It is a complex world, but to do so in a way that is free from those binaries. You know, you want to actually just see things as they are, not worse than they are or better than they are. You just want to see it as they are. Then you can go to weareelevate.org forward slash digital assets. You'll see uh, more information about the course and how it's structured. Uh, and we talked about the, the event, the first event that Sam and I hosted together, which was uh, the financial reset and understanding the financial reset. We did a three hour financial reset event. So we've included the recording from that event, which was a ticketed event prior to this course. We've also included that in the course. So you can, you've got four hours of, uh, of modules that have been broken down into bite-sized lessons, plus the entire recording to that event, which, which is where Sam goes into some more of the, what some people describe as the esoteric elements, talking about those cycles. Uh, he breaks all of that down in, in, as part of that conversation. I think, you know, that, like I said at the beginning, was our most attended event of the year. You know, it, it, it quite literally still is the most attended event that we had this year. So people have the footage of that as well. So um, uh, the last thing I'll say is the course is available right now until Christmas uh, and the new year. We, we, we did a, a launch, an initial launch, and it's £29.95 um uh, to join the course in the new year in january that price is going up it's going to be uh, close to 50 pounds so if you're interested in taking the course now is a really good time to do it um uh, people will say why do i have to pay it, you know we've just had an hour-long conversation here uh, free of charge and there's lots of information out there sam what would you say to people about why, why it's important to invest in your uh, education in this way well because i think there's so much value to it going forward i think i see you know i i think that was my realization when i was speaking to a mentor while ago is like we often can go think about short term you know well actually i'll try and just earn some money but actually understanding all this can shift your whole paradigm for the longer term so again it's kind of like getting out of that short-term thinking of you know we can easily fritter away money on that but actually can i use that to really get educated and get empowered and learn so yeah i think i think and again the time it, it's it's how much of your time would it take to get that shrunk into that kind of format you know again because i'm pulling together you know years and years and years of of, of my perspectives and thoughts or whatever and, and communicating that across and and yeah i feel adding adding value to your journey wherever you wherever you go from there you know your own sovereign journey and that's what's really important it's not it's never about me saying do this do that it's about really shining that light on you so you can then take strong decisions and move forward from there in a better way Absolutely. So if you'd like to join us in the Navigating Digital Assets course, you can do so by going to weareelevate.org forward slash digital assets. We'll put the link in the description for this episode as well. Uh, again, no obligation to, to go any further than what we've said today. But if you are curious about uh, what we've discussed today, then the course is a really great place to ground your education uh, that, that Sam has uh, painstakingly put together through all of these his, his years of expertise and drawing on uh, his wisdom from various different sources. So uh, do, do have a look at that. Uh, we'll be having more conversations like this. You know, it's really important that we are starting to look at uh, the, the subjects when there is so much uh, hysteria in the marketplace. It's important we have these grounded and yeah, focused totally. conversations. In fact, uh, Sam, as we've been recording, I had, I had a pop-up on my emails that, uh, that, that's that someone's response to the fact that we're having this conversation was simply this, one line, say no to digital currency. It should not be controlled by anybody by yourself about yourself and again to me that we, we we don't need to extract that statement now but that that to me underpins the fears that everyone has uh, about everything we've just discussed and hopefully yeah. this conversation 
But the hard part is that what that one belief system can actually prevent people even witnessing this conversation, you know, actually yeah. even taking the step to joining us today to actually understand how this is much more complex than that, that, that than what people might seem. To, well, totally. To can, it, it makes me think because we didn't actually touch on it. Then can we come back to just the idea that you do get people throw rocks at this space, really strong rocks, and I know you've experienced it yourself. <laughs> um, <laughs> Where, and they don't even realize. So we've had the example where people have said everything, you know, anything to do with crypto or blockchain is, is evil. Yeah. Uh, and yet they are giving this message on Odyssey, which is a decentralized blockchain project, which means that they can have their content hosted because it is decentralized on the blockchain as opposed to Web 2.0 on YouTube, where it's owned by YouTube and censored. So there you've got, there's a great example of a lack of education. Mm -hmm. You've got somebody saying, that's all evil, whereas they are benefiting in a freedom, you know, decentralized freedom, you know, tangibly benefiting from this technology. So, again, there's the perfect simple example of if you and again, I'm not criticizing people, it's just you don't know. But before you throw such binary rocks, I'd say do, you know, do some education, get get clear um, and understand all the different use cases and what's going on, really. Uh, absolutely yeah and and those platforms you know there's great benefits of those platforms with all the censorship we've seen on the mainstream platforms you know these decentralized platforms give us that opportunity to actually share our content in a way that's uh censorship free but you know i use odyssey if you're using odyssey a it's on a blockchain based platform but you're getting paid you're getting yeah. paid in crypto you're getting paid in crypto you know if you're taking the money if you're taking the ad revenue out of uh uh, uh I don't know how their model works, Odyssey, actually, in terms of their monetary system. But 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 if you're earning uh, um, uh, um, rewards for sharing your content on Odyssey, it's paid in crypto. And you know, the only way yeah. to take it out of Odyssey is to transfer, you know, transfer it through an exchange. So as we as we are on Brave, I'm on, I'm on a Brave browser. Or maybe you are too, Dan. So there yes, you I'm using Brave right now. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So you know, again, a lot of people can be pro Odyssey and anti crypto and not understanding that the two go together the oddity is blockchain absolutely well sam thank you for this uh, you know you and i whenever we get together we end up talking for quite a while so this <laughs> yeah, yeah, is yeah. closing in on uh, 90 minutes so uh, do let us know your feedback in the comments tell us what you thought about today's conversation was there any concerns that we didn't cover are there other questions that you'd like to have answered these are important conversations that we need to continue to have uh, as we've talked about, if you'd like to uh, further your education and, and you'd like Sam's style today, then please do check out the course, weareelevate.org uh, forward slash digital assets, currently available for £29.95. Uh, the price will be going up in January, so uh, we encourage you to, to take action on that if you are interested, if it calls to you. Uh, but do let us know your feedback. We will be bringing more conversations like this, continuing to tackle these difficult subjects, trying to break through the noise to get through to... Uh, a more nuanced view on a lot of these conversations that are happening out there right now where the market is full of fear uncertainty and doubt our goal is to empower you and you know i said sam's like the rock in the river uh, that my wish for all of us is to be able to have that you know that, that that inner calm that inner peace that inner certainty whilst all the chaos is going around us so that we can see clearly and we can take actions that can help us to elevate our own lives but also to elevate the world around us because uh, the future is not written yet uh, and it's the pen is in our hands to craft our own destiny. And I believe by becoming aware, becoming educated, becoming empowered will lead us to taking positive action to build the kind of future that you and I want to live within. And uh, I really hope that Sam's conversation today has enlightened you on, on, on a very complex and important subject. So thank you, Sam. And thank you to our supporters who joined us live. We've recently yeah, launched a 
Yeah, we launched a supporter program. So if, uh, uh, those who kindly support us and enable us to do what we do at Elevate Media, get to join us live in the room with Sam and I uh, as we recorded this. If you'd like to find out more about that, also go to weareelevate.org and you'll find out all about our community and how you can get involved. Thanks again to Sam. Thanks again to our live Thanks. audience. If you're watching the replay, thank you so much. Please share this. Uh, it's a really important conversation to have. Thank you.